Well, y'all want to know the title tonight? Shake the sawdust off your feet first. Yeah. Brush the rain off. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's still kind of misting outside and stuff. Miracles at midnight. I mean, I've been stirring about it all week long. It's been stewing in me, and I could hardly wait. And Keith was as, ex- as excited as I was. He called me about it twice today. So, yeah, he said, you still doing what you had on your heart? I said, yep, still doing it. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes it's like things go, and they go, and they go, and you don't understand why they do. It's like... They go past when you think they should. You know what I mean? It's like they go get, y'all are all getting cold back there? Um, y'all can turn it up a little bit for these poor people back there. I won't do like I did at the ladies meeting when they went home and took them four hours to warm up. If, if I get too hot, too, too hot and sweat keeps rolling off, you'll have to warm them up a little. I mean, freeze them out a little bit, but, um, They do that for me. They're so sweet. But anyway, sometimes it just seems like it's past when you need stuff. And there's just absolutely no way to figure it out. It's gone too far. There's no way to fix it. There's no answer for it. There's no solution for it. It can't be turned around. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your job, whether it's your kids, whether it's your house won't sell and you've got two of them. Whether it's your healing, whether it's the IRS. It's just midnight. It's dark. No way out. And I've oftentimes wondered, because I know sometimes it seems like, you ever felt like you were believing? With everything you knew? Just like other times when you were believing and it came to pass? But this time it just ain't moving. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, that's what I want to talk about tonight. Y'all going to help me though? All right. Why does it happen that way? All right, let's do it. Well, I studied out some things. And one of the things it does is it proves your faith and it proves your heart. Okay, when you first believed for something, God knew where you were and he knew where your faith was and he knew how long you could stand and he knew what you could stand. And he knew when you'd quit. Now, it ain't a scripture anywhere in the Bible that God won't put any more on you than you can bear. That ain't in there. But this is Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. Now, to prove means to determine 
the quality of by testing. To try out. To be shown to be in the end. What it's going to end up. What it's going to turn out. Eventuate. Result in. Be found. Or what it's going to wind up being. Where it's going to wind up being. That's what to prove means. So keep that in mind when you hear these. Deuteronomy 8.2 And thou shalt remember all the ways which the Lord thy God led thee these four days. Four days in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. Now, reckon after four days you'd get tired of no food. Reckon after four weeks you'd get tired. Of no bed. Reckon after four months. You'd get tired of the same shirt. Reckon after four years. You'd get tired of the same pair of shoes. Huh? Huh? Now, y'all going to help me or y'all going to be quiet? Do you reckon that they got tired and wanted to go back? How many times? How many times did they want to quit? It didn't say four days, and it didn't say four weeks, and it didn't say four months, and it didn't say four years. It said 40 years. He tested and proved them. The New Living says, Remember how the Lord God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character, to find out whether or not you would obey him. With manna, with quail, water out of the rock, you remember the stories. Okay, Psalm 105, 19. Until the time that his word came, we're talking about, you'll catch it when I keep reading, just read along with me. The Lord tried him. It's talking about Joseph. Psalm 105, 19 in the Amplified. Until his word came to his cruel brothers, came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. Joseph. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested 
Joseph's character. First Peter one seven. Hold your place there. How will you come out of your testing? After four days. Some people can't stand for four hours. They'll go give them a piece of their mind. Their boss, their kids, their neighbors, the people they owe money to. Whatever area it is that you're believing for, everybody, as they're growing with God, will have things that they have to overcome. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have things that they have to overcome. Not one. Every person has to overcome things. How will you come out of your testing? Now, has your testing lasted 40 years? What happened to those guys? How many of them passed the test? Just two. Just two. Let's look at First Peter 1, verse 7. The trial of your faith being more precious than that of gold perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So your faith will be tried. It's not a bad confession. It's going to happen. Job 23, verse 10. I got some good news for you in a minute, though. Hang with me. Shake off the sawdust again and wiggle around. Don't forget where you are. But he knows the way that I take. When he tries me, I will come forth as gold. When I read that, I thought about, you know me, some of you, I thought about Coal, C-O-A-L. Some of you already got it. How many of you got it? Yeah, the girls all got it. Coal gets pushed. And it gets pressed. And it gets pressed some more. And it gets pushed some more. And it gets pressed some more. And it gets pushed some more. And then when it gets pushed some more, 
and it gets pressed some more, it comes out looking something like this. And I'm so thankful it does. How many of you ladies are thankful that it does? Yeah. What about a seed? What about all the beautiful trees that we have? How many of you appreciate all the trees that we have in the world? All, take a deep breath. <sighs> what would happen if that seed didn't die? If it didn't die, there would be no trees. There wouldn't be the great big, you know, Keith told about that great big huge, huge oak tree that it would take ten men to go around at his house with, and that he's, you know, they have a swing under and all of his great, great, great grandpa planted. That seed had to die to produce that tree. That coal had to die to produce this diamond. And guess who else has to die? Turn to Romans. Romans 8, verse 13. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall surely live forever. The Message Bible says it so wonderfully. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial. And get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. All too often, the situations... That are in the midnight hour of our lives. They reveal how much we have actually been trusting ourselves and not trusting God. And trying to fix it ourselves. 
and not trusting him. We've been walking by sight and depending on ourselves or depending on other people to help us get it fixed and not on him. We think we can fix it. I told y'all, I've told you over and over and over and over and over and over again. It was not until I died to the rebellious nature before I had a happy life. But I had to die to it. And it just depends on if you're as stubborn as I was as to how long it takes. Just exactly like the children in the wilderness. It can take one day or it can take 100 years. It totally depends on you. On how much you want to yield to yourself or how much you want to yield to God. I was pretty stubborn. It took me years. I was pretty rebellious. I wanted it my way. So it took me a long time. And so I hurt for a long time. Y'all are smarter than me. Second Corinthians. Y'all could change just that quick. Second Corinthians 1, 8. And I'm believing for it tonight. Miracles at midnight. Brush the sawdust off that person's hair next to you. It's blowing around because of the wind. Second Corinthians 1, 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Uh-oh. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death and who does deliver us. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Let's listen to the Amplified. For we do not want you to be misinformed, be uninformed, brethren, about the affliction. Did he have some affliction? Was he serving God? I believe he was. And oppressing distress which befell us in the province of Asia. And how were we, we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed. We felt within ourselves that we had received the very sentence of death. But that we that was to keep us from trusting in and depending on ourselves instead of on God who raises the dead. Can you get to a point where you know you just can't do it? Can it get beyond what you can fix? The Message Bible. We do not want you in the dark. 
Friends, when's midnight? About how hard it is when all this came on us in Asia. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. Okay, how many honest people in here? You ever been where you didn't think you was going to make it? We felt like we'd been sent to death row. Now, think just a minute. There you are. They're reading you your last rites. And you're headed down the row to death row. And they're about to stick a needle in you with a lethal injection. It don't get much worse than that. you got to picture what he's saying. Don't sugarcoat it because you weren't there. He's trying to tell you how bad it was. That's bad. He didn't see any way out. He's a goner. This is it. There's no exit sign. The end. Quit, Bill. The grave. Dead. They're going to sing at his funeral. That's it. Over. Done. That's what he said. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. That it was all over for us. As it turned out. It was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength, our wits to get out of it, we were forced. We were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea. Since he's the God who raises the dead. Can it get so bad that you can't figure out a way out? That's a good place. Say, I'm in a good place. I'm just where I need to be. Because I sure can't figure it out by myself. You know, sometimes you think you're so smart. And you have it all figured out. I remember we were doing some things. And um, we thought, well, we had an airplane. I think it was the Hawker. And we thought... Okay, we figure it out for God. We'll sell the hawker and pay this off. And the hawker didn't sell. And it didn't sell. And we really needed the money. And it didn't sell. And it didn't sell. And we still needed the money. And we needed the money yesterday. And it didn't sell. And it didn't sell. And why didn't it sell? And it didn't sell. 
and we did everything in our natural physical strengths. We did this and we contacted this one and we did this and we're trying to help God because we're so blonde and we're so smart, you know. You know, I got a card in the, uh, I'll get back to the hawker. I got a card in the double honor days. Somebody was brave enough to send it. Tara, step out of that booth. <laughs> oh, she said, look at her. Look at her. She's standing up. Look at her. She's, that's courage. It's, it's, courage. it's a blonde joke card. It said, um, you know why the blonde went to the mailbox 40 times, to the post office 40 times in one day? I love you, Tara. Because her computer kept saying, you've got mail. (laughs) Your time's coming. I love funny cards, though. She blessed me. It helped me. I laughed and I laughed and I ran all around the house and showed it to Patty. I ran downstairs and showed it to Keith. It made me happy. I liked it. But the hawker, we had this bill and we had this bill and we had this bill and we had it figured out because we were so smart. This was the solution. We had it figured out. Okay. But the hawker didn't sell. God took care of us. We didn't go under. Some things happened. Money came in. Like it always does. But we had to use our faith. That would have been a fix. We had to stand and use our faith for the money to come in. Well, turns out, God says move to Branson. Like that. No warning, no notice. And guess what helped us get this building? God's smarter than we are. So don't always think you have the answer. And it's going to come the way you have it figured out. It don't always work that way. He knows the end from the beginning. And he's got a plan. But you got to stay on his side. And he'll figure it out for you. Verse 10 says... And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom. And guess what? And he'll do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Say, that's me. He'll rescue me as many times as I need rescuing. As many times as I miss it or as many times as I need him, he will rescue me. Over and over and over again. If I stay on his side. Don't quit. No matter what it looks like. No matter how bad it looks. No matter if you're sentenced to death row. No matter if they told you they're coming take your house. For taxes. No matter if your kids have gone berserk. 
No matter if your wife left you. Don't quit. Don't quit. I know marriages where husbands and wives have totally divorced and are back together. I know marriages where husbands and wives have totally divorced and married other people and are back together. It's never too late. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let's look at some Bible people that it was their midnight hour and they didn't quit. Sarah and Abraham. What happened to them? How old were they? Old. And I ain't talking ugly. They was old. I mean, and they ain't just old. They old to have kids old. You know why some people don't have kids? They're too busy. What if the Lord came by your house and some people, some strangers came by your house? He says, Keith says, Jennifer, go in and cook these strange people some supper. She says, oh, already cleaned up the kitchen. Let's take them out. I don't want to thaw out all that meat and start doing all that stuff. It'll take me three hours. Let's just run to the landing down there, eat dinner. Too busy. Don't want to do it. Some people are too busy to do it God's way. He says, but I love her too much to make her go through all that. Too much to hear from God. Got to do it God's way. He could have said... Make them a little cake so they can be on their way. No, he said, go get the calf. Go do all this stuff. Prepare it. The best thing we got. Fix them a feast. Can't be too busy to do what God says. You want his blessings. Was it their midnight hour? Did they want kids? Did they have to do it God's way? Got to do it God's way. Can't waver from it. What about Isaac? Oh, this is a tough one for some people. Abraham had a son. Believe for him. This very son that when he was old. Gets up one morning. God says, I want that boy. I want to know if you can give him to me. Which is more important to you, that boy or me? Uh oh. Which is more important to you, that healing or me? Which is more important to you, that house or me? That job or me? That kid or me? That money or me? Got to decide. They got it. But what happened at the end? Jehovah Jireh comes along. The Lord who sees ahead and provided for him. 
Because Abraham knew God and he knew he could trust him. That's what we have to do. We have to know him enough to trust him. We have to believe in him enough to trust him, no matter what he says to do. Joseph. How many times do you reckon Joseph thought? Now, God, I'm trying my best to be a good witness for you. I'm doing everything I know to serve you. And all the devils in hell have come out to attack me. And I've just gotten attacked, attacked, attacked. I didn't do anything to deserve this. I'm going to quit and be like my brothers. How many times? Year after year, it only goes from bad to worse. And he winds up in jail. But he didn't. God did it again and again for him. Got him out of it. Just like he'll do for you. But I bet it never came out of his mouth. No matter what I do, I can't get ahead. I bet not one time that never came out of his mouth. He was, I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to win. Every time. Always positive. You know it by reading. When he got in the jail, they wanted to know why he was so happy. What you got to be so happy about? You're in here with us. Why are you so happy? So you know he wasn't down. How did he get ahead? How can you get ahead? He that's faithful in the least. God's going to give him more. Was Joseph faithful with somebody else's stuff? How did he get promoted? Was he being tested? Don't forget that. What was happening in all these tests? Was he passing them? Time after time after time after time. Didn't matter what it looked like, he was passing them. The sexual stuff he passed. The money stuff he passed. The talking about people he passed. He kept passing and passing and passing and passing. Until he got promoted above the kingdom. You say, I never get ahead. No matter what I do, I never get ahead. Are you passing the test? Got to pass the test. God's no respecter of persons. Pass the test. You'll get ahead. The Israelites. The Red Sea. Now I wonder... That verse before said, I, y'all just, I just told y'all about it, Jehovah Jireh. Right? Jehovah Jireh means the Lord who sees ahead and provides. Correct? Then why couldn't he have done something ahead of time to get them out of that mess before they had to wait till they got to that Red Sea. 
You never wondered that? Y'all are too quiet. Stand up. Shake off the sawdust. Turn around. Shake it. Brush it off your neighbor. See if they got any sawdust on them. Ask them. Now ask them. Did you ever wonder how come God, as smart as he is, waited that long? Okay, you can sit down. How many of them said, yes, they wondered it? Yeah. If he's the Lord that sees ahead and provides, why couldn't he have seen ahead and provided another way of escape? You don't need stuff till you need it. And he wants to see if you're going to trust him. And how many times had he brought him through already? You don't need stuff till you need it. And time tries trust. Time will try your trust even for God. Now, people in our circles have gotten really, really, really good at saying the right things and putting on a good faith face. Now, you know... The first several years of Keith and Mai's marriage were like, duh, not so good. But if you'd have seen me, you'd have never known it. No one knew it. My mother and daddy are sitting right there. Look at them. Did y'all know it? No one knew it. No one knew it. I'm sure that when my mother and daddy came to this church to be a part of this church, it was a surprise to them. I'm quite sure of it. Keith's mother, too. Because they never really sat and listened to us teach on marriage and stuff. We didn't broadcast it. Because we could put on a good front. We had learned how to put on the, the good faith charismatic front and say the right things. We learned who to say what to and when to say it. But you know what? That won't buy you diddly squat with God. The only way to get anything from God 
is with your heart. You can sit here all day long and convince me how good your finances are. And tell me how good you're doing and wear the nicest suit and the nicest shoes and file bankruptcy tomorrow. Because you've learned the right scriptures and you've sat here in church and heard them. And you know you shouldn't say the wrong thing. God forbid the wrong thing come out of your mouth. But you know what matters more than your mouth? Is your heart. Because God looks at your heart. And he knows what you believe and what you don't believe. And what you do and what you don't do. Now you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. You can be believing in your heart and thoughts of doubt come across your head. But it's what you do with those thoughts. If you have a picnic and sit there and dwell on them for hours, if you cast them down. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what you do when you're by yourself or when you're with your spouse or what you believe in here. That's what matters. Not just what comes out of here. You got to believe it in here. You can't continue to just lie to yourself and say the right thing in front of people. And continue to do differently with your heart. The reason that I'm saying that is because time tries trust. There's a lot of people in this room right now that's mad at God. You would never, ever, ever ever say it out of your mouth because you know you shouldn't. You know that it would be very, very wrong to say, I'm mad at God. But that doesn't matter. What you say is what you got in here. You got to get unmad at God. He didn't deal you a bad lot. You took a bad lot.
you can cast it off tonight. And we're going to here in a few minutes. God is good. And he loves every person in this room. And what did that verse say? Let's see. Let's find it again. Um, He rescued me from certain doom and he'll do it again. Rescuing me as many times as I need rescuing. Because he's good. No matter what you've done, no matter what, how bad the situation is, he thought he was on death row. So it can't get any worse than what he has. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had a little bit of a situation. Just a wee one. How many of the 7 to 12 year olds in here remember what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Stand up and tell me. Yell it out. They got thrown in the fiery furnace. And what happened to them? Nothing. Nothing on them. No smoke, no smell, no nothing. Now that's a bit impossible. Let's take you, for instance. Think about you for just a minute. Put yourself in their shoes. This is the road to the fiery furnace. This is the fiery furnace over here. Put all your situations that you're dealing with right now on a backpack, on that road to the fiery furnace. Think about it. You're walking there. Everybody hates you now. You know they do. Because nobody likes the loser. Right? Who's going to hang with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego now? Nobody. Nobody wants to be seen with them. So they're all standing on the side of the road, jeering at them. Kill them! Throw them in! Only one maybe standing there yelling for them is, Don't throw my babies in! Their mamas or their brothers. Please have mercy on them. Don't throw my babies in. Kill them. Reckon how long a walk that was for them. How long a walk you been going down? How bad's it been for you? You still have hope. There's still hope for you. They're walking. It's getting closer and closer. The flames are coming out. Everybody around the fire can't hardly stay there. Because it's so hot. Well, how much, kids, how much hotter did they say that they did it? Do y'all remember? Seven times. Even the kids remember that. Seven times hotter than they usually do. And they threw them in. It's over. You still have hope. 
they're dead. Not. Because why? Because you have a real God. Not just a God that's a piece of paper in a book. You have a real God. One that really, really, really does exist. Not just a story time person that people tell about. You have a person that's real, that really does care about you, that really does know that you exist, that really does care that you have a problem, that you have a bellyache, that you have a bill, that you have a mother-in-law that doesn't like you, that you need a husband, that you have a back problem, that you have, uh, you had diabetes, that you had a neck problem, that you had uh, this problem, that you had a that problem. You have a God that knows these things, that knows that you have these problems, that cares cares about these problems and wants them fixed. He wasn't too busy that day doing other things, distracted to know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going into that fire that day and they needed to be delivered. And he does not care any more for them than he does for you. Because my Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. And he's the very same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if he will deliver them, he will deliver you. From whatever your fiery furnace is. Now what about Daniel, kids? Stand up and tell me what happened to Daniel. He got thrown in with some lions. What happens when you get thrown in with some lions? You get eaten up. You get eaten up. What happened to Daniel? What happened to Daniel? One of you kids remember? Huh? He got saved. What did God do to that lion's mouth? He shut it up. Can God shut that person's mouth that's talking about you? Causing you problems? About to sue you? If he can shut an animal's mouth, he can sure shut a person's mouth. If he can make a donkey talk, he can make a person shut up or talk. Now, why did God let these stories go on this far? You think these kids would know these stories? If Nebuchadnezzar had changed his mind and said, you know what? I've had a change of heart. Let's just not do it. And the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar had a change of heart. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. 
don't have to go into the fiery furnace. You reckon any one of these kids would know that story? No. Do you reckon if King Darius would have said, don't throw Daniel in, I like him. Because what did he do the next morning? He was the first one that jumped up and ran. If anybody didn't want to have to do what he did, he didn't want to. So what if he'd have said, you know what, let's figure out another way. Let's do some kind of decree and let's just say, let's not do it. Or let's go in there and, and tie the lion up and let's do all this stuff. If there would have been anything off about it, would it have been in there? Would the kids know it? Would you know it? What happens at midnight? Do you reckon that there was a midnight dark time that they felt like it was very, very, very dark when they were walking down that road to go get thrown into that fiery furnace? I know I've had dark times. I know there's been times when I felt like, God, where are you? Do you exist? Are you there? Do you care? Do you know I'm alive? Hello? Do you have too many kids now? What's the population? That switchboard must be busy. No. He knows. He's not too busy for you. He didn't forget Daniel. He didn't forget Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't forget Abraham. He didn't forget any one of these guys. He didn't forget Joseph one time. But how are you coming out of your test? Let's look at something else here. Why doesn't he just do it? We all said there were times we knew we were believing. Right? Most everybody raised their hand. When it seems totally... Hopeless. Totally impossible for the situation to change. You can't fix it. As smart as I am with this blonde hair, I can't fix it. Who is going to get the glory? Let's look at some. John 11. I'm going to read it from the NIV, guys. John 11, 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen to sleep. But I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, boys. 
D-E-A-D, dead. Say it. Lazarus is dead. Now, how much worse can it get than that? Is that bad? Now, getting thrown into a fiery furnace is bad. Getting thrown in with some lions is bad. Not being able to have kids is bad. Joseph getting thrown in jail is bad. But dead trumps it. Right? Dead. Okay, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for how many days? He ain't just dead. He's buried. He's wrapped up, embalmed, in a tomb, dead for four days. He ain't just falling out and we're going to pray over him and we're going to get him back to life again. He's dead, 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 dead. Stinky dead. Dead, dead. Verse 21 says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. The Living Bible says, and even now, it's not too late. For I know that God will bring my brother back to life again, if you will only ask him to. Now that Martha lady, she may have messed up in the kitchen. But she had something that I like. She had some faith going on here, buddy. She said, even now, it ain't too late. Say, it ain't too late. It ain't too late for me. Even if I was dead, it ain't too late. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 39, Jesus says, take away the stone. Martha says, but Lord, um, the sister of a dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor. He's going to really, really stink. <gasps> Jesus, he's going to really stink. I'm not into stink, Jesus. <laughs> Shouldn't we get some mask or something? He's done been in there four days. It's going to be rank. You ever smelled somebody dead? It's not good. A dead animal? Not good. It's been in there four days. Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, say this with me, you would see the glory of God. 
You, you want to see some glory in your life? Yeah. Read it with me again. Did I not tell you that if you what? You would see the glory of God. Verse 43. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. What happened? The dead. Whoa, 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 whoa. The dead man came out. Wait. The dead man came out. My my verse must be reading wrong. What does your Bible say? Dead man can't come out. Dead man can't come out. Live man come out. He had to come to life somewhere. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Say, take off the grave clothes and let him go. When I saw that, it dropped in my heart. People in here have already put on the grave clothes. Big time. You know what it's like at nighttime when you get ready for bed and you put your sleep clothes on and you're already comfortable and somebody calls and you have to put your clothes back on to go out? You don't want to do it, do you? Or somebody's knocking at the door. Ladies, you've already taken your makeup off and already got your hair pulled back. And it's a bit annoying, right? You're like, you've already got. It's, I don't know how to explain to you, but it's, it's a frame. It's a mode. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a, you do this, you go. You quit. You get it? You're done. You quit. You put your sleep clothes on. That's what some of you've done. You've put your grave sleep clothes on. Some of you in here have been believing for kids, but you already put your sleep grave clothes on. Some of you in here have been believing for husbands or wives, but you already put your sleep or grave clothes on. Some of you in here have been believing for jobs, but you already put your grave clothes on. It's a matter of your heart, 
Not what you say with your mouth. You can tell me all day long I'm believing for a husband. But if you already put your grave clothes on, it don't matter. You can tell me all day long I'm believing for a child. But if you already put your grave clothes on, it don't matter. You can tell me all day long I'm believing for a house. But if you already put your grave clothes on, it don't matter. Because you've quit in your heart. You can tell me all day long you're believing for that money to pay off the IRS or that debt. But if you put your grave clothes on, you quit. It's a matter of attitude. A matter of heart. It's like getting ready for bed, getting ready for the grave. You quit. But you can take those grave clothes off. Just like when that person rings your doorbell. You don't want to. And it ain't comfortable. And it's an annoyance. And it's hard sometimes when you've already worked hard all day. And you have to go back to the hospital at night. Or you have to go on a call. And you're already tired. And you don't want to fool with it anymore. You've already been fighting it for four days, four weeks, four months, four years. You still have to shake it off. And shake off those grave clothes. And get rid of them. I remember a story... Of a man that put on some grave clothes. Y'all will remember him too. Anybody remember Joseph's daddy? What did he do? He thought his son was dead. He put on his grave clothes. He mourned 20 Years with grave clothes on. Twenty years he mourned with his grave clothes. How quickly did his situation turn around? How quickly did Abraham and Sarah's situation turn around? How quickly did Joseph's situation turn around? How quickly did all those situations turn around? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How quickly can your situation turn around? Turn with me. Never stop to Acts. And let's talk about Paul and Silas. Never stop believing God. Things can change quickly. They can change so quickly. Joseph's dad for sure thought he was dead. He wasn't dead. Acts 16.25 
at midnight. We're about to shake off some grave clothes and some jail clothes. And even if you ain't in the grave yet, you may have put on your sleep clothes and getting ready for the grave. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Can God get some glory out of your situation? Can God turn your situation around? Even if you were dead, can God turn it around and get glory out of it? Can it look like it's too late? Can it look like it's past the midnight hour? Can he still do it? Even if it's four days in the grave, can he do it? Acts, NIV, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The New Living says, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And all the prisoners were listening. And suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. How quick can your bands come off? Suddenly. How quick can God get glory out of your life? Suddenly. Does he know you exist? Yes. Does he care? Yes. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundation. And all the doors flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet. Strong faith is unfazed by the passage of time. Time is a tool of the devil. Time is a tool that the devil uses to wear you down. And he knows it. And he uses it. Unchanging and worsening symptoms try your faith. Believing for a baby? What does a time do? Oh, tick-tock, tick-tock. Reminds me of that alligator on Peter Pan. Tick-tock. I guarantee you, any woman that's believing for a baby hears that in her mind every day. Tick-tock. Any woman that's believing for a husband, any husband that's believing for a man, tick tock. Oh yeah, that that's that way. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, that's the, that's the right way. I don't want to say that. Tick tock. Say it with me. Tick tock. Tick tock. Don't think they're not. Time. Time. How will you come out? Will you come out looking like this? What did Paul and Silas do? They sang praises. Reckon what their praises sound like. Everybody's praises sound different. Sing, sing a couple of praises that they might have sounded like, guys.